welcome to late nights. Okay. Um, what are we episode? Oh, what? Huh? Are we... You're welcoming the, our listeners. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, like, I've been here for like a half an hour. I don't know what you're welcoming me for. Yeah. Well, welcome for being here for half an hour. Okay. All right. So uh, to the listeners, I am Los. This is Trav. Yeah. And Trav and Los. And I think we're episode nine. Mm. Whoa, guys. Big leaps. <laughs> we're, we've, we're making it out of Fibonacci. Yeah. Sequence. Well, what's fun about that is that because we do it every other week, they're like, it's not just nine weeks, man. No. Like, this is 18 weeks. It's a long time. It's pretty wild. Quite. Yes. It's impressive. <laughs> it is impressive. So, let me outline it to you guys what we're doing today. So, today we're going to talk about how to interview and how to portfolio. Oh, snare. Oh. Um, should we talk about the elephant in the room? Yes, let's talk about the giant elephant in the room. <laughs> so this is the first time in Trav and Los, Late Nights Trav and Los history where it's not just been Late Nights with Trav and Los. Um, it's Late Nights with Trav, Trav and, and Los. Yeah, I was thinking Trav, Trav. I was thinking it would be Trav and Los and Trav. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't I haven't really but I like what you brought to the table. You want to say hello? Hello. What's your name? Trav, see, <laughs> he said Trav. He, just, he said Trav squared earlier, and I it really like that. So this is Travis McClear, McCleary, McCleary, McCleary. Welcome so much to the show, Trav, Travis McCleary. Well, how about the, I'll be Trav and you be Travis? Okay. There you go. Trav is your. That's me. Your, yeah, and Travis is. This is Travis to my left. So we went to a thing, a meetup on Thursday, and uh, we met like tons of people. But this guy is kind of nice beard and he's a poet i asked him a question and he and he just like laid down this like really really beautiful verse and it was it was amazing everybody else was kind of like good stuff but this guy ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) he knows what he's talking about so we just kind of like formed this like quick friendship and we were like hey would you like to come uh stop by for an episode and here he is before we jump in though uh a huge thank you to travis mcclary for uh, for coming and joining us, just for and allowing you us to say your name. I know, <laughs> that's the only reason you're here. Los is like, like, hey, can we invite this guy over? I just want to say his name more. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. So Travis McCleary, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, welcome, and um, I want to talk a little bit about your background, um, so yeah. that uh, as we talk, uh, people know a little bit more about you. Yeah, uh, I don't know a thing about him. We oh, just, yeah. Like literally, we met on like five days ago. Yeah, yeah, five days ago. Oh no, seven days because today's Thursday. We're a day late. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you that this being like recording on a day late screwed up my notes? Did it screw up your yeah, notes? Yeah, because I usually come home like at midnight and like 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 sleepily type out a note and send it out in the morning. Right. And I woke up this morning and I'm like, it's Thursday. Something didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like type it out on the way to work and send it when I got to work. Anyway, so we've we've we met him about a week ago at a meetup, as I said. And so we're gonna learn about uh, we're gonna learn about this guy right here. Yeah. So take it away, Travis yeah. um, McCleary, and uh, just kind of give your like. Uh, is it an you, origin story? Yeah, origin story. Were you raised by wolves? Were yeah. You, are you radioactive? Yeah. I want to know. Were you like main character in Jungle Book? I don't know. Ooh, Mowgli. 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 Yeah, it's a good name. I like Bagheera. I just like him because the Bagheera. That's what the, <laughs> the yeah. Panther. That's what, Bagheera is the panther. Yes. And uh, uh, Baloo is the bear. Yeah. And he shouts, Bagheera! Yeah. And I was just like, remember that tone. It's good. It's a good tone. All right. So tell us about yourself. All right. So I um, actually just recently moved out here. I've spent a majority of my life in the Midwest. Um, 
I my do they have kangaroos up there in the Midwest? No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Where's that from? Kangaroos. Kangaroos. kangaroos? England. <laughs> Imagine kangaroos <laughs> jumping around England. Like, awesome. All right, mate. <laughs> Cheerio. Cheerio. Time for tea. <laughs> Ta-ta. And they hold it in their pouch. <laughs> their tea. <laughs> All right. Little baby comes out holding like a tea with his pinky out. Little kangaroo pinky. Oh. Little Joey. Oh, it's a Joey. Oh, what an image. Joey All right. <laughs> Sorry. Don't wait for us no, to stop no, talking. No, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I just I was I'm waiting for it to go as far as it will go, and then and then I'll be like either join in on the fun or like <laughs> continue. So that was a good one. Right. Anyways, uh, yeah. So Midwest. My dad was in the military, so we moved around a bit, and yeah. So I started out in school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, at points, I wanted to be an architect. At points, um, I wanted to get into film. Um, I had a uh, projectionist job for a really long time, and I thought like that was something I could get into, but getting into school would be really tough. Projectionist? Projectionist, yeah, for movie theater. Oh, oh, so, pro- oh got it. Yeah, You get to see everything. Yeah, I mean, you have to build all the films and everything. And right. Before, here recently, they've been switched over to digital. No, you just press you, play. Yeah, you, you download <laughs> it and you press play. It's ridiculous. <laughs> whole, you had whole... to build it. Like, you had to, like, splice the scenes. Yeah, so... Is that what, uh, is that what Brad Pitt does in, in Fight Club? Fight Club, yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, there's <laughs> a line in it about uh, if you were to pick up the canisters, it would pull out your arm. And, like, oh. basically, they have six reels to, like, this metal box. And they're, you know... They can get up to like 75 pounds or something crazy like that. Yeah, wow. they're, they're heavy. And wow. you have to carry them upstairs to get them up to the projection room and all that stuff. But yeah, so love that job. So the job awesome. requirement must be able to lift over 75 pounds. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Or have someone that you can tell to go and do it. Because normally the projection is like the manager or something. When you're like watching that. films, do you prefer um, the projecting, projection experience? Like the old, like reel-to-reel? Or do you prefer, do you like it now, the digital ones? Uh, Definitely film. You, uh-huh. you, you prefer the experience as a spectator, as a watcher of the film, to it to be in on the cellophane, the cellophoid. What is it called? Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things like where people talk about um, like audiophiles that talk about sound quality of certain mm-hmm. things. Like, I can still tell the difference between film and digital. And even though, like, let's say, like, um, Interstellar, it was shot with film, mm-hmm. and, but like a lot of theaters are still. Sh- showing digital and that sort of thing yeah um you can tell that's the difference like what it looks like especially when it goes to like the imax shots because of just the quality but right um it's really hard to tell but in general i prefer the movie experience theater experience over like at the house or anything like that um, oh okay yeah yeah because it's just uh, amazing cool so um yeah i had no idea what i wanted to do and at one point in time i was like building my own pcs and i thought well you know I could just do computer engineering and at least that would be a start or something. And, uh, awesome story. I was in like, you know, college education classes and that sort of thing. I was in physics and whatnot. And I thought, well, it's either computer engineering or I'm going to be an architect. Right. And I failed my first class like of my entire life. Cause I like sleep through the class. Cause I take my, <laughs> take my SATs. I do all the stuff and I get like into a spot where I'm like, you know, a couple of colleges are in, interested in me. And I was like, yeah. well, shoot, I don't, why why do i have to care now like i'm done like, i'm checked out <laughs> we're talking like middle of the year and i bombed my first class and my dad was like well you're obviously not you if you can't take this serious then how could you take college serious right right he's like you're going to the school that was like nearby and everything so you can make sure that i was like actually wanting to go to school and everything mm-hmm. right 
and the only program they had was the computer engineering. Mm. I took it and uh, for like a year and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> like, you know, I can code and yeah. I understand it enough to like get by, but like I, that instant gratification was not happening. Like right. writing like a bunch of code in Java and then like hoping that, you know, ball would bounce around on the screen in the proper, you know, order. Like right. just, it just did not get me <laughs> where I wanted to be. The old ball bounce. Just, yeah. just too much investment uh, before uh, you yeah. return. And, and I, I realized that there was a lot of like, I, I loved the visual components of art and whatnot, but I realized that I wasn't like a fine artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I convinced my father somehow, I was like, look, I need to do something in the, in the fine arts. And he's like, if it has to do with computers, then you're golden. Okay. Like, Dad's and a then smart I, guy. Yeah. So <laughs> when I told my mom that I wanted to be an artist, she was like, have you ever heard the phrase starving artist? <laughs> oh yeah, he said that a lot too. Yeah. He was like, if it has to do with the computer, there's really no way you could fail. That's, like that, that's, that's in his so head, that's, that's what genius. it was. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good advice. My, my parents were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anything with computer art, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I had no idea what design was. You know, I, I had never used Photoshop, Illustrator, mm-hmm. or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I get my first And how old are you? You're like in starting college, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I was a freshman in... Uh, yeah, like probably closer to 19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd used MS Paint for band posters, like That's for shows. Good and stuff. Like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you were in a band? Uh, yeah, I played for a little bit, but I primarily book shows. So oh, okay. it was like, it was a bookie, you know, it was a bookie. Just, yeah. A show we just get, uh, we take How'd you get into that. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, I, cause I, I did, I wasn't a career change here. <laughs> I wasn't in a band and I wanted to like hang out with people that were in bands because they were cool. So I was like, oh, I'll just book the bands that I want to see because that's the easiest way to get around it, you know? So Jeez. how do you start? You just call up a club and be like, hey, I have this band that needs a gig. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, we're talking about, uh, like, hey, you have a basement free? Yes, the and, best. Yeah, oh, like, we're talking like... Punk rock ethic. Um, MySpace was hype, you know? Oh, like, yes, and, yes, yes. And before you could, like, customize your MySpace page. That's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Like, we're talking about reaching out to a band and being like, oh, I see that you're going to be on this tour hitting these venues. Like, do you want a place to stay and make a couple dollars? Like, that's, that's cool. Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah. That's the hustle. That's yeah. the hustle. Definitely <laughs> the hustle. Um, and then, you know, just, like, as as time went on, like, I had all my friends were musicians, so it was pretty good. So That's cool. I want to be a band was it bookie bookie, <laughs> bookie. <laughs> booker booker i i tried to convince one of my favorite bands they were from seattle i tried to convince them to come down and play a show in vegas where i grew up and i was like uh i'll i'll just design your website for you and they were like no and then i was like here i did it <laughs> and they're like well we're still not going to come down but here's here's a bunch of swag yeah. and they sent me like they signed all of their LPs and sent them to me and oh, like, cool. like sweatshirts and stickers. It was cool. It was that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. As so, cool as his story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I like took my first few classes and, um, I realized really quickly that I was behind mm. just because, you know, kids had had classes on Photoshop or had Photoshop before and I started to realize that they, they were really good at just manipulating photos. Right. And I realized that that wasn't really just design. Like, that's a portion of design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took a first typography class and I got sucked in real hard. I've actually heard you talk about in one of the previous podcasts. Mm. Is wait, like, wait, wait. I, how, how much? I mean, I'm just. 
I'm just curious. How much of this stuff have you been listening? Like, have you like, a couple? Like, prepared? I think like three of them. Well, like, I, I'm I doing some to, like, studying. Yeah, I wanted to <laughs> make sure that I wasn't going over to like a serial killer's house that yeah. I was going to mm, get like chopped mm-hmm. up into fine bits or something. Right. Well, what we didn't tell you is that on the ninth episode we kill everyone. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that makes we sense. didn't we didn't we didn't put those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. hiding them. <laughs> Sorry, so you listen to you, you listen to a few, and then you're saying I mentioned typography. Uh, you mentioned like having an eye for something. Okay, yeah. Uh, and what I noticed is, working at the movie theaters, I collected like a, a stash of movie posters, right? Mm. And it wasn't just only on movies that I like, but posters that I liked vi- like visually. Because like, there's movies that you just don't like that they do really good at the marketing job, right? Yeah, and, and the other inverse is true as well. Like movies that you really love, but the poster sucks. Yeah. Let's skip on those. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I started going back through and realizing that most of them broke the mold of like, you know, big picture head with like a little bit of a title and it's like just the main actor. That, Did that's they all like use Trajan Pro? That that was some of, like, that was the <laughs> old ones. Yeah. No good. Like every horror movie, I don't know, every horror movie it, yeah. uses Trajan Pro. Yeah. It's yeah. just like this. This is like a jagged, jagged like. No, no, uh, Trajan just... Pro is, um, it, it, it's it's very Roman. It, it's a, it's a serif font. Mm. tall like long r like that but it's like if you look at any horror movie they, they use this this font and then they like distort it and they make it look jagged and okay, stuff like okay. you're talking about but but it's always the same the baseline one. is Trajan yeah. pro they always start there yeah it's really <clears throat> interesting phenomena. phenomena so basically i was like looking phenomena. back through them and realizing that a lot of them were type heavy most of them were visually compelling in comparison to like the big you know actor's face or like the one person like doing one action it right. was like a lot of elements in it that were completely different than the norm and I started to realize that, like, not only in that and, like, you know, records that I love, they're, you know, they're no, normally, like, the album cover has something that draws you to them, you know, things like that. Um, so I started to, like, to pick up on that and then pick up on layout and type as, like, a strong set to separate myself from my class. Like, as sad as it sounds, um, we as designers, there's, like, a competitive nature because we are all fighting for the same thing. Yes. Like, everybody wants a job. Everybody wants to do some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went into college at, like, I felt like I was already behind, but like I knew that I could get up fast. When I started, I just started copying and just rebuilding things, right? And while you're doing that, you start to learn the reasons behind why they did that. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Because you're as, you, as you're going through it, you're thinking, I'm like, oh, I would do it this way. And then when you try it, you're like, oh, no, this is why they did it that way. You start reverse engineering understanding. And that starts building a skill set. Uh, Trev. Well, <laughs> yes, teacher. I'm raising my hand. Um, th- there's actually a really interesting... Uh, so, so, like, I teach a lot of code, right? Right. And a lot of what people do is, like, they copy the code and then they start using it and applying it into their mm-hmm. own situation. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. We had a question or maybe it's just the conversation between us. And somebody was like... Uh, or the question was, how do I learn how to use whatever application, like Sketch or Photoshop? Right. And I was like, ah, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) because I teach code. I don't know. I don't know how to learn visual design. I don't know that. (laughs) And then you had like a really, really great insight, and it's similar to what we're saying. But but the the practical application of it was download one of those free source files files. Mm -hmm. and open that layers palette and like be like, oh, 
I see what they did with the mask there. I see how they did with that blend. You know, like like that is gonna gonna teach you. Yeah, and why are they naming the layers in such a way? Why is it organized in these yeah. folders? And mm-hmm. why are they? Yeah, exactly. Have you guys seen the? Um, it's a video series called uh, Everything Is a Remix. No. We're gonna have to put this podcast on hold. Okay. Unless I'll watch it. <laughs> it's amazing. Everything is a remix. And I, I've um, I've written a note about it and referenced it before. But like, okay, so <clears throat> he talks about how everything that's ever been created is a remix of something that came before, mm-hmm. right? And if you think about it, every idea that you've had in your life is based on knowledge and information that you've had before that idea came about, right? That's just eternal truth. Relate as you go. Relate as you go, mm-hmm. right? So he says um, in this video that everything is a remix, and he says the stages or the steps of making a remix, i.e. the steps of creation, mm-hmm. are number one, copy. Mm-hmm. Number two, reshape. Number three, remix. And and he says it a lot better than I just said it, but it is so fa- uh, fantastic. And yeah. and when I when I watch that stuff and I think about his concept, it is rock solid, and uh, it's amazing. Like it, it like it gives me chills. That's how, cool. How good, how solid the concept is. And I I emailed him and I'm like, hey, do you think that this same concept applies for how a creator himself or herself evolves? They right. start by copying, then they start by reshaping mm-hmm. that thing that they copied into their own application, and finally remixing by taking from multiple sources mm-hmm. and putting it all together. Do you think that... And he didn't ever answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at emailing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, Everything I, is a remix. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to watch it as well. Oh. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> so, Travis, you were mentioning that um, we, drew, we drilled into this... Uh, uh, what, you, how, what was the word that you said? Phrasing. Uh, <laughs> all the phrases. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not usually um, like this. Like replicate. Like, yeah, replicate. Like, there you go. Replicate. Yeah. Um, so like the big thing with like the typography, I think what students do automatically off the bat is like, I have this much space. Let me take up that much space mm-hmm. with said type. Mm. Um, so one of the big things I, I found was just like white space, clear space, that whole bit. Right. Um, but through those actions, you start to realize like not only how to do it, but why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's obviously more important, but like it, you have to take the steps to get to the why you have to do the work to understand. Um, you can be taught some of those pieces and parts, but like through success and failure, you find out the reasons why. And then that like, then translates into the next piece of work that you do. Like you've, you've learned from the past mistakes and failures Mm. and uh, whatnot. So, yeah. So I started doing that and, um, my big thing was I was at a school called Shawnee State University in the middle of nowhere, Southern Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start doing work like automatically. Mm-hmm. Like I had been working since I was 15. I, I knew that if I wanted to get into the game, like no one was going to look at my portfolio out of, out of school and say, you're hired. Like that, right. I knew that wasn't going to happen. So the where more, did, where did that like expectation come from? Because that's often the illusion that, that young people will have. Like, like if I go to school, if I cross all the T's, dot all the I's, get this, you know, get my portfolio review from my professor, mm-hmm. then take it to the first whatever, get an internship. Like, like they, they, they feel that that's the process. What, in, what inclined you to believe that, that it's not exactly that way? Two things. One, um, so when I got my first job, uh, it was like it was like a hand me down. Like somebody was like, "Here, do you want this job?" Like a freelance yeah. thing? Or uh, no, like. Uh, I was working at a golf course to like do like yard work or whatever. Right. It was like underneath the table, and they're like, and they're like, "Hey, I know of a place that uh, is looking to hire like 
like bust guys like, mm-hmm. to clean off the oh, okay. and stuff like that. Like, okay. would you be interested in like making real money and paying taxes and that sort of right, thing? Right, right. Being legit. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, uh. you know, I'm like 15 and I'm like, sure, let's do it. Yeah. And um, through that, I started to realize that like it, people that want to get like management positions and like higher responsibilities normally have to have some experience. Mm. So the sense of like experience, like every job that I've had that I've gone from like one gig to another, I've never like I've been lucky where I've never not had a job lined up for my next gig. So I've never not been employed right. yeah, since yeah. never not, but yeah. I haven't been employed Love unemployed it. since uh I was 15. Oh, cool. So I'm 29. He's employable. So He's employable. Really yeah. employable. Look at him. <laughs> he works. Anyhow. Um <laughs> working stiff. <laughs> Back to the salt mines, guys. Um so I, that was one real like realization that like experience helps. You get your gig. Then the next part was, you know, the saying about like, you know, when you're younger, you want to get like a credit card and like in order to have a credit card, you have to have credit. Right, right. It was a joke that that was kind of the expectation of like a college degree. Like, you know, I was going in around 2004 and realized that like, you know, potentially there might not be a job on the other side, especially if I was going in like undecided on what those things were. Yeah. So, you know, I... I've definitely been like get on my grind, get the experience, learn as much as I can because I knew that school would, was not going to be able to provide me everything that I needed to get a job. Hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah. Listeners of this podcast will know that we have a deep and humble respect for the hustle. Yes, the hustle. We reverence the hustle. <laughs> reverence the hustle. So, yeah. so um, I want to have a question for you. Um, let's say. Uh, I want you to answer this question with the aim of helping somebody who was in that position, who's who's young and aspirational. Uh, how did you find those first jobs, uh, the first you know things to, to scratch your teeth on? Yeah, so um, much like, and I, and I swear this this carries through to everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's connection based. So okay. when I was in school, I had professors that taught like certain classes that I was like extremely interested in. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed, if I wanted to get better, I needed to get their advice, their mentorship. And so I basically hounded them until they would allow to like teach me extra. Oh, and interesting. Yes. So he, for, I, he forced the mentor. Forced the mentor. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's the hustle. It's the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I love that hustle. I made, I made friends with these, these professors and um, proved to them that I was worthy of like work. And a lot of adjuncts and, and uh, you know, full-time professors will get gigs from, like, small businesses and that sort of thing. And they're, like, you know, they get overwhelmed and they might have, like, some table scraps. Right. Like, here, can you do this? Right. And then I would take it, like, super serious because I was like, okay, this, this gig could land me in my next gig. Right. And uh, that was my first batch. And then on the side of that, my, my father's a small business owner and he knows a bunch of small businesses. And they would, like, you know, he'd be joking around, like, oh, my son's a graphic Graphics artists, a graphics yeah. artist, and I always get this help. guy here. Yeah, I always a graphics get help artist. Um, <laughs> That's my son. And uh, word of mouth, so he'd be like, "Yeah, so and so needs a logo or needs a business card. Mm-hmm. Can you help him out?" And be right. Like, well, I have no idea what I'm doing, but sure. You yeah, know, I'll figure it out somehow along the way. And then I had then the benefit was that I had these relationships with these professors, and I would be like, I would bring them to work and get critiques outside of class and things like that. And this has kind of kept on snowballing 
so I, what I what I advise to a lot of the younger crowd is that realize that your connections that you're making like students that you're with the professors and all this stuff they're all connected in the same community so like they may not be able to help you right in the moment but they can help you down the road um the same thing with like the interview thing that you were talking about like maybe you go and do like an interview and you like bomb it or mm-hmm. like something doesn't pan out mm-hmm. right that person that's interviewing you at that job they may go to another place where you're a better fit or something right, so yeah. like if you if you do like present yourself in the way that you want to like you're like i'm a good dude i know what i'm doing like i'm willing to learn like all the things that like people like to hear mm-hmm. and like if you're honest you know you might get a call two or three years down the road where they're like someone so is like hey we talked you know at this dribble meetup you're a cool guy would you be interested in this right. so i just always like have that a game on when i'm like out in public or when i'm meeting new people it's like i want to be genuine and i want to be like make sure that you know i don't make an ass of myself yeah i I, yeah i call this so uh, i think uh, and i've mentioned this before that everything is designed right i'm like i'm lowe's i have lowe's montoya and i have a brand right Mm -hmm. and part of my brand is when i do go out and meet with people um i am designing those those meets those uh those those uh, interactions interactions yeah Mm -hmm. thanks um and i think that's what you're alluding to right yes because because in two years or maybe two months or three months that's paying off because you are establishing an expectation to who you are as a brand yeah yeah exactly and so basically like odd jobs became more uh current and then after that it uh landed me my first gig at a nonprofit, and then like pretty much from there it was just like gig after gig after gig um, but my that first was nonprofit the, was the nonprofit where you were on the payroll, or was it a, a yeah yeah I got it was my first full time design job. Um, I was still in college at the time, so I was you know going in in the mornings and the evenings, right. and then or in between classes and that sort of thing, and then um, you know still going through the yeah thing. And uh, I was also commuting to work, so it was like pretty pretty nuts. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it the was, it was cool. uh, youth, yes. <laughs> yes, youth in the hustle. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. It was uh, I learned a lot you learn so much more it, it the one thing that i'm about to say the very cliche thing is that you learn a lot on your first job mm-hmm. or like at your first few jobs yeah that it makes it seem like that you don't learn anything in college okay like that you don't but like what i think is like you get a step up if you have some education background mm-hmm. so then like when you get that first gig you're like somewhat prepared but you're, you're you'll never be fully prepared for that first gig straight out of school right so uh, this leads me to a common kind of question that's being raised um in the community in general and also gets posed to us a few times because uh we're both uneducated idiots when it comes to design we're, we're both like you know whatever kind of taught ourselves but you're a, 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 a what's it called a credited or something right yeah got it yeah, okay. so <laughs> took me forever, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so took what's like your... an extra year to do it. Fantastic. So, yeah, I'm still working on mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's your opinion? I mean, do you do you think uh, is school necessary for these people? Or no. okay, no. but but it did give. I mean, it sounds like you took advantage of the opportunities available to you because of school. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessary because much like how you guys are um my first like agency job mm. i worked with a bunch of guys that didn't have degrees mm-hmm. okay. and they were after being in the field for however long i've been in the field like seven years or something mm-hmm. like that those guys were the fastest most proficient most creative individuals that i've met 
and it's ba- it based out of necessity to like be able to get the next job and to learn and they're constantly learning new things where I feel like a lot of the times college graduates and even like art school graduates in general um, where I've interviewed them and they're kind of like I already know everything mm. and that there's that's built built. And these in, are like, new grads yeah new grads right. like you know like you were kind of mentioning they haven't been earlier. humbled by the first job oh no not at all it's <laughs> like I went to school and I made it through school yeah and here's my portfolio to explain that I went through school but yeah like, yeah they don't they don't get like it's they haven't been broken yet <laughs> right they haven't <laughs> you know? been broken um, you need to get broken <laughs> yeah I mean it's just a, oh, it's a weird hilarious. thing like I think the other part of it is that with working through high school and like my parents like really like setting that foundation for me was like really important the foundation of what of like if you want something you got to work for it okay Um, Mm -hmm. it's very simple but like it boiled it down to like um we're here to support you if you if you bomb you know but like Mm. you need to go out and do your thing on your own right you know so did you bomb um no, not Whoa. really. Like, no, like what, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, actually kind of perfect. Yeah, so. no, like, no. <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I, so I got really lucky that I met my wife, like, early on, so I had, like, a support system, like, as well. Oh, I meant like, just, like, if you, like, did you have, like, a negative experience at all, like, you totally messed up, pissed the client off, um, oh, lost, yeah. lost the job, didn't get the commission, what, like, anything like that, like, oh, yeah, because, because one of the requirements of doing what we do is fortitude. Oh, yeah. You just can't be dissuaded by this crap that we put through, <laughs> that we get put through on yeah. the daily. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely, I've definitely had that. I've been taken advantage of. I've, like, you know, that first bit of stuff, like, you do, like, 50 logos, you're printing out the sheets, you're meeting with the client, and they're like, yeah, well, I don't like any of these. Uh, catch you later. You know? <laughs> and uh, you're like, well, um, so what do I do with this? And then, like, to tie back to, like, having a support system for that was, like, super helpful, you know? Like, oh, yeah. You're, like, totally getting beat up on the daily and you know i love i think that a lot of art like a lot of designers they try to be like you know they don't care as much or like their heart and soul may not be into the design as like a like a strong outside i guess mm-hmm. but like it hurts when people are like i don't like your work or yeah. like this isn't the right thing or you're you obviously aren't getting it at least like these these comments they get sent back to you it's like definitely can get like right into the gut real fast but mm. how do you deal with something like that um, well, I feel a little callous now, you know, like <laughs> it, it really doesn't bother me that much. Cause I feel like, um, I, the last few things I've read in like the last couple of years that are saying that there isn't such thing as bad clients, mm-hmm. like you, you are doing something wrong as yeah. a designer. You're not education, educating the clients. Like mm-hmm. we can't assume that clients understand design at all. Right. Yeah. 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 And so it's yeah. our job to, to educate them. Mm-hmm. And if you can't educate them and they they can't they aren't understanding you, it's through communication. So we as designers have a little bit more than just like pushing pixels. Right. There's no such thing as a bad client. Yes. That's the uh the mentality. Mm. I agree with that. You it's do? a rough one. Yeah. It's, it's a I, rough one to swallow. I think you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, here's here's why here's why I agree. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I love Here, it. Here's why I agree with it is what? that um you can't expect people that are coming to you to know what a professional designer does and what the process of design is. That's a really good point. Yeah. Right. You talk a lot, Los, about um, setting the expectations, about managing the client. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's something that I've admired about your work as well. Yeah, you, you do that pretty well. Okay. Yeah. One of the, um, just, just to go back to about the thick thick skin, mm-hmm. just to share a personal experience. Like when, when on my first my first real job, right, I was working for this guy who was actually a really hard man. Um, and one of the huh. greatest, ex- huh? Ah, phrasing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did it. 
You did. Accident. One of one of the the experiences he uh, that happened was um, I did the, the some logo work and we were about to present to the client. He's the owner. I'm the designer, and he says, "Come to the meeting." Oh, cool. I'm just like a young like green green around the gills kind mm-hmm. of designer, and he says, "Come to the meeting," and I show up, and he goes, he goes, uh, "This is Travis. He is our lead designer, Ooh. and." You can say anything to him; he you won't hurt his feelings, right? Like, like, he, and, and I'm sitting here like, yeah, I guess you won't. You know, like, like I, I don't know anything. Yeah, like, yeah. like I guess that's true. Yeah. He, he says, he says, don't worry, don't hold back. He won't hurt his feelings. Go ahead, give him a critique. Yeah, and and the guy was like, nah, and he and he talked forever about like the most random, like ridiculous stuff, yeah. and like, and at the end, it didn't hurt my feelings, like because because he set the expectation for me, right? He he was like basically. Your skin is thick, and then it was. Yeah, <laughs> and like and like whenever I have those moments where like it comes back rejected, or somebody doesn't mm-hmm. like the design, or I need to do another revision, mm-hmm. I, I think back to that moment, and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It just it just really thickens me thickens me up, <laughs> makes me hard. <laughs> I'll just go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's super helpful. That I mean that those kind of experiences obviously help a lot. Um, I've also been in, you know, uh, places where people are very like just rude in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe you did this or like, you know, kind of like going down this path. I mean, I've, I was sitting in a restaurant one time with a guy, uh, showing him, uh, the logo comps and mm-hmm. I had like eight to 10, eight and a half by 11, um, sheets with like rows and rows and rows and rows of logos. And it's a lot of logos. Yeah. It's and I was like. At wow. the time, like you're, yeah. you're thinking like, I'm just gonna, I'll show them everything, but then like at the end, I'll like pull out the bot, the, the box, <laughs> you know, like, but realistically, like he's already picking like the fir- on the first page, right. or or he's like, well, what about this? And the problem is like, you if you give so many variables to a client, or if you like, you're like, here's all my thoughts, and then you like, you just let them go wild, and then you're gonna go down this path of like craziness, but. Um, yeah, he was just like ripping into me and like in this public space too. And it was like really hard for me to like keep the straight face and like keep on going through it. And like just, just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the professional one. Like that's what yeah. I was thinking in my head the entire time. But like I kind of realized like early on that like uh, there's there's other work to be done. There's, there's a way like, okay, I can say like, yes, I will do something. I'll change this. You know, I can mm-hmm. make it better, you know, and then make it on me to, to make it better. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the issue that I guess. that's interesting i just thought of a just a little little tip little little tidbit there um <clears throat> a lot of the times we get we get excited because we do so much work right the pre-work we do all these drafts we do mm-hmm. the sketches and stuff and we can fill a notebook with just one idea mm-hmm. and, and we want to show that to the client we want we want them to be uh, we want to validate ourselves and the mm-hmm. efforts that we put into f- arriving at the conclusions that we do but i think it's the wrong i think that's the wrong uh, approach it is you you want to again set the expectation for the client, especially during a review, because this is going to be like when they're giving back their feedback and stuff. So when you're presenting and, and we mentioned during the first segment, we we're talking about logos, you present like a narrow and you do it black and white. You mm-hmm. want to like really sculpt their options. Mm-hmm. But, the, but so, so the question is then how do you show them that you did put a lot of work in it? How do you show them all the comps? How do you show them all the mocks, all the sketches that you've done? Well, if you're smart, you're going to do that before you even get hired for mm-hmm. them. You're going to have a case study or two ready for them on your website and be like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. I'm going to do the same for you. And they're going to look at some uh, somebody else's logo mm-hmm. when their opinion is not 
you know, on the line. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, oh, dude, he does 80 sketches before he even, like, makes anything vector. That's really interesting. And you can, like, confirm that they know that. And then when you show them the three or two or one, if you're, you mm-hmm. know, awesome, <laughs> you can be awesome with the three, too. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> if you, you know, you show them those three, they know in the back of their mind that you went through 80 sketches mm-hmm. to get there. And you set that expectation. Mm-hmm. You've already validated yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, and that the other thing that I've kind of started to use, like even not just in freelance, but like in my day gig as mm-hmm. well is, um, present the three, but then have like t- the, the printouts of the other things. Because what normally happens, like even just in creative review, it's like, Oh, did you try this? You, because like, that's in our heads. We're like, we know, like we want to say like, maybe we, you, you should tweak little things here and there. Mm-hmm. And be like, yeah, I did, but here's the reason why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Or here's the reason why I don't feel like it's like the best one. Mm-hmm. And then, then you you have like that proof that the work had been done, and that like you can show them like, yes, we're on the same page. Like you thought of something, I thought of that already. Like I'm a step ahead mm-hmm. like, to, to prove like that there's a sense in which I know what I'm talking about to some degree. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like so I like do that. Yeah, I like I, I do something similar. I like that you print them. Yeah. Right. I think that's good because I think that does two things for you. Um, one, it, it makes you look prepared, right? Which is uh, managing expectations at work, right? You're managing um, um, your image at work, your professional image, right? So, so that's one thing you do. The second thing is you um, manage objections in a quick format. Right, I do something similar. I use a service called uh, Layer Vault. It's like Envision. It's yep. a version control for your vector art. And so what I do is when I go into a meeting, um, I come with one concept. I come with uh, with one idea. I don't like to do the three ideas. Uh, just just that just that my at my work it's easier just to focus on one. And if they ask, have you tried this this or that, or let's go down this route. Um, what I mentioned is if you'd like to do that, I already thought of it. Uh, we can go through the Layer Vault, and I just have it ready. So that we can scroll through. Would you do the layer vault in the meeting with them? Yes. Or would you say, or you defer it? Like, if you want to look at these, we can after the meeting. I'll show you. I leave it up to them. But um, um, most of the time, the eighty percent is that they'll like, no, I believe you. Is what they'll say, Uh, right? And so, it's just they just want to know. And and by they with me, it's uh, I work at a very small startup. It's just a CEO and co-founder. And when we have design reviews, they just want to know that I explored that. Like what? Like. 80 employees or something? Yeah, yeah. But okay. it's small enough. It's the nice design team's small. People. No, no. It's like it's uh, right. six, 60 people at the, at the company. Okay. But um, in the review, it's the three. In the review, it's just three of Got us. It. Right? And, or at max, it's five. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's cool. What Travis talks about is bringing... Um, uh, be prepared to manage objections so that you can move past the objection to why you're there, which is to solve uh, X problem. Fantastic right. advice. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing to be careful about with these kind of things is that sometimes people like see it as like a defensive mechanism. Like, make sure that you do listen and take feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like one hundred percent. Like, I come prepared because I want to show that like I've done the work and mm-hmm. to make sure that you know if you go off into a corner for eight hours and you're like come back with like two options. Like, well, what what did you do? Like, well, it's there's a lot of work that comes up to mm-hmm. it, but like I shouldn't like as you pointed out. I shouldn't explain, have to explain myself uh, to prove that the concept works. Like you should be able to look at it visually and say like, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a trick that I've been um, cultivating a little bit more yeah. in the last couple of years. So. Oh, I'm cool. really interested lately about the communication process 
um, not necessarily on design revisions, but like on communicating vision with the rest of the team, with developers or with marketing people. And um, <clears throat> we don't have to spend time on that, but I'd like to, Travis, pick your brain on that another time. Yeah. So yeah I've yeah. been really thinking about that hard lately, and I, I know that I'm falling down on it, and I need to get better. I don't know how. Yeah, there's a, there's an awesome example at Pinger that I'd like to talk about that we just went through. Sure. Right? And it's a it's a new concept for a new direction for an app, right? Uh-huh. There's, a, there's a small pivot internal of the company. And um, without uh, divulging information, what, what we've done is the co-founder has asked our UX lead designer, right? And we've all been working. If he can put together, there's an exec staff, right? With uh, If he can put together a, a keynote presentation explaining what the vision is. And in doing so, um, the goal was to have everyone understand what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it. Yeah. And in as part of that uh, that, that keynote presentation, uh, he spoke a lot to imagining people using this, what what's motivating them to keep coming yeah. back to it, what's stopping them from doing it, and just envision what... And uh, Julie Zuo, I think, talks about this in the Medium post about designing with the North Star. So if you get everyone on board with the North Star, which is like, this is where we want to end up, yeah. and you get everyone on board with that, it's easier to to, to uh, run them through the process of what you're going through. Yeah, I'm thinking a little bit more of like the nuances of when somebody clicks this button, you know, what will they see before this next thing happens? Mm. Or, you know what I mean? And sometimes like when you're working with developers, you Maybe I'm just like I'm like I know this is a weak point of mine, so that's why I'm asking. Yeah. So I'll just be like kind of exposed right now. But like right. I feel like I'm like well I can envision it, and like I like it seems obvious to me, mm. and I'm not asking a lot like because it seems like like super obvious to me, but they don't yeah. see it the way I do, or or like little things like if I want this button to be here why is the button have text decoration underlined still on it like it's a button you know just like things like that like i don't know i don't know how to do this yeah um i we don't you don't have to you don't have to fix my problem i don't know i could probably talk like a whole yeah like hour i'd like to i'd like to sometimes all right so maybe this is the uh, after show yeah yeah so you've um um we've talked about travis and how he's gotten uh uh from uh, college through a few freelance gigs to landing his first uh, uh, job where he's learned where he learned a lot at this nonprofit and then it seems like we fast forwarded to where you are right now is there yeah, anything else you want to talk about there yeah so my first agency job mm-hmm. I got um, was kind of really funny um, do you guys remember uh, layer tennis I think they still do yeah. it now so uh, the first like version of layer tennis um, I was following and then uh, one of the artists I just started like following him on Twitter and talking to him back and forth. And he started posting stuff about like different music that he liked and whatnot. And we're just having like super friendly conversation. Who's engaging with you directly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name's Aaron Scamahorn. Um, Uncommon. Super, super nice dude. Well, I mean, and that's, and that's just like him in general. Yeah. The nicest guy that you could ever meet. Wow. Like, hands down. Was he local to you or is he? No. So US I was in, I was in Ohio and he was in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were talking back and forth. And oh yeah, um, so we're talking back and forth, and um, I'm like getting close to my f- senior project, and I want to get his input, and he's you know seeing my work. And oh, this whatnot. is why you're still in school. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and um, I'm wrapping up, and I uh, he helped me out with my senior project quite a bit. Mm, cool. Uh, when I was when I was like 
upcoming, you know, when I was a prospective professional, I felt like there was this alumni that mm-hmm. I could never reach. Like I would, I would like, you know, tweet to somebody or send them an email or something. It never got a response. Yeah. I, it's weird. I think it depends on the person. What is up with me sending emails and not getting responses? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, the, one of the big pieces is like kind of having like a sense of like, is this person there? There is like a person that's like higher up, like a, a good story. Aaron Droplin. Like, mm-hmm. right. dude's getting, like, wicked emails, right? Right. Yeah. But I emailed him back when I was still in school. And I was like, you are the, like, what you do is what I want to do, like, when I get out of school. Right. Like, not That's... not only not only just for, like, a design style, but, like, I... The my, hustle. Well, the hustle. yeah, the hustle. <laughs> that guy, that's the hustle. Yeah. yeah. Like, my, my father is, like, you know, he has his own business and everything. Like, I have a affinity for small businesses and people that do physical things and like make things and like mm-hmm. if you know all i do is push pixels like i'm going to make those people like do things for them right and he does that and uh, and you know he has his stories and and obviously his personality is really likable and everything and mm-hmm. um and i i just emailed him and like luckily it was like like perfect timing somehow he got my email and we're like conversing back and forth um you know, and I met him uh, two years ago in person, and I had like been conversing with him for years, like on and off, like nothing serious, like just like random things. Mm-hmm. And uh, he remembered who I was, and no I was way. like, "Yeah, it was like That's cool. hairs on my arm standing up, just thinking <laughs> about it, kind of scenario." The dude is also a very nice person, but yeah. yeah, I think that there's like an awareness, right? Like you could, you you could like someone like ISO fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Brilliant, but like to me like i'm i I don't want to waste his time because i realize that he's probably getting hounded by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people probably just like bugging him all the time right yeah but like there's other people that are maybe just like a few steps up from where you're at that are willing to give you advice i mean Mm -hmm. i think the three people in this room right now are good examples of that like we're in the field we're not like rock stars or whatever but like there there's a sense of like we've accomplished something by getting our our first gigs and like we're Mm -hmm. out there and we're doing something yeah, um, one of the things that really sets my production aside is that I respond to every comment. Yeah. And people have, have like, in the comments, they're like, what? oh, uh, I didn't <laughs> know that you were going to respond. <laughs> like, they don't have that expectation. And then when, when they do, when the person that you're reaching out to actually responds, like, immediately, like you're saying, like, my hairs on your arm stood up. Like, there is, like, a, like, like this emotional attachment to um, somebody that you reach out to and they can, then they, like you know, stop and help you or, or sort you out or whatever. And, it, and it's really awesome to s- when you find people that respect that, respect the effort that you put into it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I, I think that that's really important. Like there's like a selling technique, um, that you, like you'll go out to, let's say if you're going like door to door, like you can go to door to door to door for to 50 doors, right. Mm-hmm. And you'll sell to 10, mm-hmm. but you have to hit that 50 number to be able to get that 10 right mm. so like if you know that there's like a lot of people that you appreciate the work that they do and they, they're active on social media like just start pinging people and then like you know one of those 10 might respond and like have a cordial conversation with like be genuine like people can sort that stuff out pretty quickly you know right. if, like if, if you're just like trying to get something out of somebody like that's the worst way to start a mm-hmm. conversation but like if you're just like really genuine about it people will like I've been super lucky because of that. Yeah. So I reached out to that guy. I, you know, Aaron Scamahorn, and um, I was like, "Hey, I'm going to an interview at uh, Apple to like be a, a like a genius bar technician." Mm-hmm. 
in Chicago and you're on my way and I want to give you my, my senior piece. Like I want to give it this to you cause you helped me out with it so much. So I met up with him and he like brought one of his other designers from the agency. He was like, Hey, there's going to be an opening for a designer <laughs> position. Like, would you, would you be able to drive back in like a couple weeks? And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, that's how I got my first gig, you know, yeah. like, and I think that, you know, everything from that point has been very much like, I met somebody, they needed something, I provided a good, like, a good relationship, and then, you know, like, it panned out. Wow, yeah. and, um, The Travis McCleary blend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's completely based on relationships. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that's really important. I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's why I'm here, because I thought you guys were cool individuals, and you're trying to do something awesome, and you're trying to do something awesome, right. and, like, if I can help that out, like, yeah, let's do it, you know? Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the deal. That's right. Like, um, so... Yeah, got that first gig, and then uh, you know I bounced from in house to agency to, mm. to, to, to test both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in house at Evernote, mm. and uh, yeah, just try like trying to do something new as much as I can. Yeah. What brought you out to California? Uh, well, Evernote contacted me. I I, I didn't reach out to them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just had we, we were just about to have our son, and right. um, I was thinking like you know. This is if I have an opportunity to do this, then I should try it. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Like, once he gets older, like it's gonna be harder for me to like. Move how did, and how did they find you? Uh, I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I think that there was some people that they were reaching out to some people at the company I was at, and then I may have been on that list. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were at an agency at the time. Yeah, I was at an agency called Resource in Columbus, Ohio. Interesting. Yeah. I'm always very curious about how people get found because, I mean, that's the key, right? Like, there's. Like there's so much competition for these positions. Mm-hmm. There's so many designers that just want to level up, and um, and like I'm always trying to like advise them, like you know what you should put in your portfolio, or or what kind of you know what should your bio be like, or or mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like being active, like dribble social media, mm-hmm. making sure your website's like you know up to date and fresh. Yeah. I'm actually kind of uh, guilty of not doing that right now. It still says that I'm at resource, so <laughs> not, not, not great. But um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, where's that hustle, man? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, move my family out here, and I'm just like hustle is gone. <laughs> California sunshine has got you. Too much hustle. <laughs> too, too much hustle. <laughs> not enough rain. Too much hustle. <laughs> um, yeah, so they reached out to me, and then like the opportunity, like the job seemed right, and then you know I was like, okay. Like I'm young enough to like, like if this messes up, like, you know, whatever, like oh, we'll, awesome. we'll try, we'll try yeah. something else, you know, like if I make it out here, there's a lot of jobs, uh, a lot of opportunities, um, you know, so like that fear of like what could happen, I was trying to push that away with like other excuses, like maybe they're like, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, but right. the biggest wait, wait, thing, wait, wait, say that again, you had a fear and you're trying to push it away with excuses. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, for me, like you know, one of the topics I had sent to Los was like design anxieties, right? So um, that that one's Ooh. kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but so like, I think that every time that you try to go for a new gig, or you know, like if you're gonna move to another like city, like you've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's rough because you don't know what it's gonna be like. What you're leaving your friends, your family. Like, there's a lot more to it than just the job. So I figure, like, you know, if I'm going to go out and do this, there's going to be a lot of bad things will happen, a lot of good things will happen, and I'm going to try to 
be positive about it. And then when a fear comes up, I'm going to come up with another reason why it's going to be good. You know, like, you know another pro to that one right. con, you know, that's like, right. that's how I've kind of been looking at it. So maybe excuse is not the proper, proper term, but like, there's a lot of things that I could have told myself, like, no, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people in the Midwest look at California and New York as like, oh, it's too expensive. Like I'll never make it. Right. I won't oh, make really? enough money. Yeah. Is that like a thing? It's a thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people that I had told, like I was moving out here. I wish somebody like, told me that because I, when I first moved out here, I didn't make it. Do <laughs> you know that? My first job? No, I didn't know. I was upside down. Huh? We, yeah. We looked at, uh, we looked at our savings, looked at our monthly outgoing and looked at my current pay rate. And I was like, dang it. We can't last seven months. <laughs> I need to figure this out. Yeah. And luckily I got another job. Luckily. Yeah, but that's, luckily, I mean, that's you true. Hustle. It's yeah. true. It's fucking no, expensive yeah. out here. It is true. But like, I kind of feel like, so like I'm at a point in my life where I like knew how much money I would need to like actually get by. Yeah. And then like, I figured like I did research on housing and mm-hmm. like kind of figure that stuff out. And then before the salary conversation even came up, I was like knew in my head mm-hmm. what I needed to make. Mm-hmm. So like that's a, a crazy thing about uh, interviews. So like I, I knew that I needed to make X to be able to survive on how I was living in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make more than that because you never really want to like move laterally. Right. Like you always want to move up. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if it's just like a couple thousand dollars, like that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. Switching jobs is going to be the biggest opportunity to move up in pay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, you're, the year over year raise is never going to get you where you need to go. No. Switching jobs is like the only way to do it. That, that is the <laughs> worst part about the creative field. I feel like yeah, like you could be killing it at whatever your job is, and if you like leave and then come back, which a lot of places do that, um, especially in the agency field, like you mm-hmm. could leave for two years and come back and you're like an art director. Mm-hmm. You right. left as a designer yeah. or something. Yeah. You like left and came back and you're like. Two years is not a sufficient amount of time to like jump two roles, right? Right. Know? But like that's how it's. Perceived. And if you stayed in the, in the, in you stayed with the agency for two years, you wouldn't be an art director. Oh no, not no, at all. no. It's so not weird. Much. Weird world. Yeah. yeah. But I'll give that to you just to get you back because you've gone out into the world, and you've learned something, and now you're more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Yep. So that's Travis um, and how he's gotten to to where he is now, and it's a. Uh, he went. He went through. He took the school route, whereas yeah. Trav and I did not. I mean, we kind of started with the school, but quickly stopped. Yeah. Right. Um, but we're both in this. Uh, we're all three in the same room, and it's just it's cool that um, I, as as Travis was talking, I could relate uh, to a lot of things that I've done, and I think Trav. Oh, completely. You as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what I really took from it was the importance of building strong relationships. And like like being vulnerable enough to reach out to people that you admire and accepting that there's a possibility that they will never respond, but yep. you know like being real and honest enough to make it um, make it approachable enough to where they you know likely will. Yeah, yeah. This goes uh, this goes in. Uh, we podcasted about this in the earlier episodes of how to find a mentor. Well, it was episode two. It three? was it was, it was three. one we were driving right. It was three. How to oh, find... because the first one was a double. Yeah, it's how to find a mentor, and then uh, we talk about how to entreat others. And um, I think if if you want to m- learn more about that topic, we touch a little bit deeper on uh, some of the topics that we've discussed. Like now how to how to approach a mentor, how to approach a what mentor. you should say and what you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. I think you can apply those principles to just uh, having a humble approach, a genuine approach, and just reaching out to people yeah. uh, as a way to network and make uh, con- new connections. Yeah. And I think the other part too is like uh, the mentors help a lot in school and like mm-hmm. throughout, but like 
uh, people that are on your level, like your coworkers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, help out a lot once you're into the field. Yep. Um, those relationships you build, like, you know, I have friends that for life that I've made through these work. Um, the fir- that first interview at uh, the place that I went to with Aaron called Media Sauce was um, a guy named Mike Randell was the art director there. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome dude. Um, he actually never looked at my portfolio while we were standing there together. He had right. done the research and he was like, you know, come in. But what he had said was that I will spend more time with you than I will spend with my wife during the week. Yeah. So I, I better, I better <laughs> want to spend that, that, that time with you yeah. or I will go insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, re- I will repeat that for the rest of my life because it's true. <laughs> like I, you know, let's say I, I've interviewed a lot of people mm-hmm. straight out of college and there's people that are like, obviously they just get it. Mm-hmm. They have the eye, they mm-hmm. are really talented but like if they culturally do not fit on the team mm-hmm. or, you know, for whatever reason, me and this person just don't jive very mm-hmm. well. Like, like I'm not going to, my vote will not be in just mm-hmm. because you have a skill set does not mean that like, that's great because like I have to spend the 40 plus hours a week with you. Right. Oh my so. gosh. So true. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm like shivering how cool that is and how true that is. Sometimes I, I think that we spend so much time trying to validate somebody's skill like can can they technically write this line of code can they can they technically do this design or, or does their design look good without looking at the human yeah. are you a good human <laughs> because like you said like i have to spend more time with you than i do with my chosen companion yeah. whom i love and have made babies with <laughs> i don't like you that's a problem um i actually heard from hr uh, representative one time about this and the, the idea is that actually it's like 70% culture um and like 10% skill set and then 20 percent like whoever their manager is like making the decision yeah like, like that that really is kind of the, the fit and like you can imagine that 20 percent is probably influenced quite a bit by um the culture yeah right, uh side of it so you know especially when you're looking at at interns or like junior designers and everything it's like yeah you have a body of work but like you haven't been tested so are you willing to learn so that's a right. thing. So like if we're talking straight from like interview perspective, you're fresh, you're coming in, like that that understanding that you're going to learn a lot and talking about like how you want to learn, mm-hmm. that will get you so much farther than almost anything that 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 I've experienced thus far. Right. From my perspective and from somebody that's been on the other side of the table interviewing these people, it's like I want to know that you're malleable enough. Like that you are going to kill it and invest the time and be willing to learn Mm -hmm. because if you can't learn like that, like, like that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You can teach somebody how to do whatever you're doing. Technically you can teach somebody how to draw. You can teach them how to paint. You can teach them how to make a logo, but you can't teach them humility. And I think this is in, um, a a majority of professions. Oh yeah. Right. Not, not just speaking to design. A huge thank you to Travis McCleary for taking uh, some time to come and uh, talk to us about who he is and where he's come from. Uh, for places where you can find us, Travis. I mean, Trav, do you want to end that? Oh, uh, for Trav and Lestock? Mm-hmm. Okay. For us. <laughs> I don't even know what, <laughs> what are we doing. Okay. Um, so for the podcast, we have a URL. It's com, 
And also, if you are not familiar, we're on the iTunes store. Mm-hmm. You can do a search for Trav and Los or a search for Late Nights, and you'll likely find us as uh, Late Nights with Trav and Los. Um, if you want to help, if you found value in the things we've talked about tonight or any other nights, you can leave a, a review on the iTunes store. And what a review does is um, we think that it helps with our, uh, you know, the algorithm of whatever. And I'm certain that the five stars do because you, you do a rating and a review. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a review that I'd like to read to you guys because it's just really good. And um, it just came in uh, the other day and it's from Tiff Always Fly. Tiff, Tiff Always Fly. That's who <laughs> wrote it. Um, the title of her review is Awesome Listen. Uh, I think there's a comma supposed to be in there. Awesome. Listen. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. Uh, five stars. Thanks, Tiff. Uh, okay. Here's, here's uh, what Tiff says. I have listened to all the podcasts so far, and I have to say that I have enjoyed all the episodes thus far. All the content is pretty enjoyable, even the banter between the two throughout the session. In fact, I think the banter makes it even more authentic. I've listened to other podcasts, and some seem pretty boring after a while. My favorite podcast from the duo is the one about focusing on your passion. It really made me think about what goals are most important to me and what I should be focusing on at the start of my career in the development industry. Thanks for taking the time out to create these podcasts and keep up the great work. See that exclamation at the end? Tiff always fly. Tiff always fly. So fly. And Travis, where can we find you? You are a, a fountain of knowledge. Um, you have an awesome background on where you've come from, and I just can't, I can't wait to drill into your <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, get you to talk about uh, portfolios and interviewing and um, what to look for in that and uh, what what red flags, how to prepare, etc. Yeah. So, um, cleardesign.com is where my portfolio currently lives. That's out of date and awesome and not at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, my Twitter handle is at clear design and that's C L E E R design. And, uh, feel free to hit me up if you want me to critique your work or give you some pointers or whatever. Um, as these guys are doing, it's, it's a benefit to the community. It's a benefit to people that want to learn and want to get things right the first time and, um, and want to grow and want to learn. And like, I think that it's really important to give back to, to this because I've had a lot of hand, helping hands on my way so far. So I want to return the favor. And that's a legitimate offer for help from like a, a, a seasoned professional. Yes. Los and I are just two idiots in a garage, but this guy knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, take advantage of that if, if you dare. It's really, that's a really generous offer. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Good night.